let's start reading from Romans 12. We'll go in Romans 12. We'll go to John 13 a little bit. You guys can come over. We'll let them through. The setup today is obviously very different. <laughs> so today will be a little messy, just like life. We embrace it. Romans 12, picking up from verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Verse 3, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. And so, Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord. Thank you for getting us through all 11 chapters of this book of Romans. We learn the doctrine of how we're saved, how you justify us. It's just if I'd never sinned. And all because of Christ Jesus, of who he is, what he's done. And all because of Believing in you, you call us to this salvation, this new way of life. We dedicate our bodies to you now as we open up Romans 12, the application part of everything we've learned and how you still have a plan for Israel. And for this time where you, you're waiting for the fullness of the Gentiles to come in, that, that us predominantly today in the body of Christ, especially even in this church, we have some Jews that are saved, praise you for that, Lord but also for Gentiles such as myself. You're waiting for a number of Gentiles to get saved. Whatever that number is, we don't know, only you know. And when that time has come, as you say, the fullness of Gentiles, that number will come in. And then you're going to revert back to focusing primarily on Israel. So we thank you for this time, the space of grace that you've gotten us saved. And now we want to dedicate ourselves to you, a living sacrifice, our bodies, holy, acceptable. Your, your will is perfect, Lord. We want to dedicate our bodies to you, a living sacrifice, but not just our bodies. Renew our minds. You tell us to not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we know that's a work of your spirit. We know that we can't do that. It's not a matter of us praying and fasting and giving and going and doing it's a matter of us being, just abiding in Christ, allowing you to do that work. So we surrender ourselves to you, not just our bodies, also our minds, that you would transform our thought life. And the very first thing you tell us in verse 3, in our thought life, to transform, to allow you to change. You tell us to not think so highly of ourselves, God. And Father, I know that's been my problem so many days, so many times. But truth be told, that's how it is for each of us. Help us, Lord, to not think so highly of ourselves. And help us, God, to obey the conviction of your Spirit. We pray for today, as we go forward to follow Jesus, even in washing feet, by taking on this example of love and humility, that you would teach us these things, Lord. Help us, for we ask in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. You guys could have a seat if you're able to, please. And for the folks that are still waiting to come in, come on in, come on in. We'll make space, we'll make room. So even as we've been looking at, again, in John, uh, or in Romans chapter 12, I'm just going to tell you how God's been convicting my heart, that we would 
make this more of a simple service today. That I, I have a way, and I'm confessing this to you guys. You guys, especially my wife, my family knows, I can complicate things. Anybody have a problem they can complicate matters more than these two? Okay, we have a couple honest people here. Who here knows that you can complicate things? That your mind gets in the way? Especially, who here is analytical? We tend to get in the way, right? <laughs> I know myself, I can't. And maybe that what the Lord's doing is He's convicting hearts here. I know He's greatly convicting my heart. Thank you guys for praying for me. Lord, get them. Yes, please pray that God really grills my heart. I need this time. Where I read something like in Romans 12, and it's got to apply to me. And by God's grace, He has me here. Only by His grace. Only by His calling. Only by His anointing and appointing. Not Certainly not my choice. And if He's going to have me here, and Him wanting me to lead, I'm like... I'm feeble. I don't know what I'm doing. That's why I need to pray. I'm too young, like Jeremiah. He's like, don't say you're too young. <laughs> My mouth, I can't speak. Don't, don't be like Moses. I'm unsure of myself. Don't be like Moses. But Lord, you need to do it. You're calling me to this. And if you want me to lead and go before your people in leadership, you've got to step there first. Anybody know that? Moms, dads, you know that, right? Especially if you try to tell your kids to do something you've never done. Thank like, uh-huh, I ain't going to do that, right? So you show them by example. Amen? And this is what our Jesus did. So turn with me, if you would, please, to John 13. The teaching part for today will be brief. And then we're going to segue, we'll transition to a time of doing the application. So today is foot washing Sunday, as you saw on the signs coming out, and even as we've been mentioning up till now. John 13, verse 1, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover... When Jesus knew that his hour had come that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Think about this. The twelve disciples were there. What does this let you know? Well, the betrayer was there. Who else was there besides the eleven disciples? Judas. Now who here would love to wash the feet of Judas Iscariot? Nobody would, right? But that's because that's you and me. But our Lord and Savior, Jesus Messiah, He did. He loved Him even to the end. You can imagine even the heart of Judas Iscariot. He's probably praying for Him, wanting Him to turn, even loving Him to the end. Oh, amazing. Verse 2, And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, so we know that he was there, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. So get this, folks. Jesus, now think about this. He's God in heaven. Anybody know that? Amen, right? Hebrews chapter 1, Colossians chapter 1. We learn in John chapter 1 that Jesus, we would say, is the agent of creation. He created all things. All things were created by Him, for Him, through Him. Nothing that exists that was created that was not created by Him. He left heaven. He became one of His creation. Again, I, I like thinking of it. Anybody like science? Okay. So of all the galaxies, only, only modern science is trying to catch up and we're way behind. So we know that there's many galaxies. And within each galaxy, there's supposedly billions of stars and planets. So he comes to this one galaxy of all his creation. 
He comes to this one planet. Let's see if you guys are awake. What planet are we on? Earth. Earth. All right. <laughs> he came to this planet. And of all species, he became one of us, Homo sapien. Didn't become a monkey. Didn't become anything else. He became a human being, like you and I. Now, he knows that he's going to go back. Look at verse 4. It's about time to go back. This is just hours before he's going to be betrayed. Fake, mock kind of a trial. And then he's going to be crucified. So this is one of the last learning lessons that Messiah can give to his followers. Notice this. Verse 4, he took a towel and girded himself. So I I mentioned that the disciples, as he's now showing them an object lesson, they're probably wondering, like, what is he doing? So he takes off his clothes. Don't, he doesn't like get fully naked, right? He would have had his undergarments on. But now he's girding himself about, look at verse 4, with a towel. After that, he poured water into a basin. We're going to have that object lesson here. And by the way, yes, with God, there are two genders. Amen? Oh, come on, that was weak. Amen? Amen. All right. Girls will have the pink. Boys will have the blue. Purple's neutral. This is going to be the basin that we pour warm water into. And we'll have some folks ferry water between the sink and here when we wash feet. After that, verse 5 again, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them. Notice what he wipes them with. With the towel with which he was girded. So the imagery you get is that what was now his clothing was washing dirty, stinky feet. I mean, I, I got to say it like that because that's reality. Anybody love reality? Like reality shows, right? It's not all pristine. And, and I, was, I was wondering if I should warn you guys. Last week we mentioned, and who here did their toes this week? <laughs> Barbie Bink. <laughs> Barbie Bink, oh boy. There's no warning, though, for the disciples of Jesus. He just did the object lesson. <laughs> Cute. Verse 6, And he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered, Let me scoot this aside. You guys can keep walking through if you want. Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. All right, we could drill down deeper, but we're not going to do that today. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean, and you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him, therefore he said, You are not all clean. This also further lets you know that who else was in the room that he washed feet with? Judas. Judas Iscariot. So think about that kind of love that your Lord and Savior, Jesus Messiah, has. Yes, he hung on a cross to die for your sins. But this type of love, loving them to the end, he even did this with Judas Iscariot. So think about in your heads what you and I might call your enemies, which really you don't have enemies. It's just the stupid stuff. Again, who was here last week? Who was here last week? Let's do the same lesson. Take this finger and put it here. Take this one and do it here. Here's your problem. You're pointing to your problem. And now some of you guys are like, oh. <laughs> okay, so you don't have an enemy. There really 
if you want to say it this, enemies of the Lord. You're following Jesus, you'll get persecution. <laughs> but you and I really don't have enemies. But even the enemies that you might call enemy or someone, what about a Judas Iscariot? We all got them. No way. Jesus had one. And he still washed his feet. Come on in, guys. We'll make room. Come on in. Come on in. You guys can come in here. We got chairs. We can set up more chairs if needed. Thanks, Grizzly. You guys can want to come over? Come on in. No, you guys are doing fine. Come on in. Okay. So then verse 12, it says, So when he had washed their feet, and again, that's what we're going to do today. And we're going to have a, a foot washing. Today is foot washing Sunday. Who here is excited for today? Yeah. Okay, who, who here is kind of like iffy on today? Just be honest. <laughs> you know what that's called? Your flesh! <laughs> Same thing for me. Pray for me. Because I'm like, oh, i got to wash my wife's feet. <laughs> In my heart, here's here's what happens with me. Oh, let's, I can just do this at home. It doesn't have to be public. Did Jesus do this publicly? Yeah, I'm like, ah, oh, you got me, Lord. Oh, all right. Let's continue on. Verse 12, so when he had washed their feet, we're in John 13, verse 12. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments, and sat down again, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? Obviously, no. And some of you might be there today. It's like, what are we doing? Pray that God will give you understanding. Pray that God will give me understanding. We've done this before. I need a deeper understanding. This is an object lesson. This is something, a lesson in humility and also learning to love like Jesus. Who here needs his humility and needs to learn to love like Jesus? Well, that's, that's why you're here. We pray that God would bring you in today. Praise the Lord for that. Verse 13, check this out. You call me teacher and Lord. And you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, uh-oh, what does he say? You also ought to wash one another's feet. Let that sink in. So imagine these 12 disciples, they're now looking at each other like, what? You got a Matthew Levi and a Simon the Zealot. If not under the banner in the name of Jesus, Messiah, Simon the Zealot, the Zealots, they would have wanted to kill someone like Matthew Levi. You see that in the Chosen, anybody see the Chosen series? You see some of that kind of played out. Because in reality, in antiquity, we know that the Zealots would have trained for and, and hated anybody that came against Israel, including Rome, including the, those who betrayed their own brethren, the Israelites, like a Matthew Levi. Levi, he was the tribe of what? Levi. So instead of being a priest or in the priestly tribe, He's now working for Rome. So I imagine Simon Zealot going, you mean instead of stabbing that guy and watching him bleed, saying, thank you, God, I have to wash his feet? Exactly. So let that sink in. Take some time. Look around the room. I, I'm glad that God's filling up the rooms. I pray that this would happen. That Lord, bring in your people that you want to be here. We even put signs on. We've announced it, emailed people, put it on Facebook put signs on you guys know today's foot washing sunday who here is excited for this time you're going to learn the object lesson okay and let the lord minister to you i know i need this if i then verse 14 again 
Your Lord and teacher have washed your feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. Look around the room, guys. Imagine Jesus is whispering this to your heart right now. That Jesus is telling you, just like, he's been grilling me. So if he starts grilling you today, which I hope he does, and praise God, he's been grilling me for some weeks on this kind of stuff. You also ought to wash one another's feet. Look around the room. You guys are like too scared. <laughs> Look at each other. Jesus wants you not just to say, I love you, but to practically, experientially, learn to love people by washing feet. We're going to do that here. Look at verse 15. Did Jesus want you to follow this? Yes, this is the example to sample. Verse 15. For I have given you an example that you should, what, preach as I have done to you? What does it say? Do. Now again, the disciples, just like you here in this room and me, it's like, wait a second, did, did he really say do? Didn't he just say preach, that we should preach for someone else? Didn't he just say teach and show them and, and you could lay it out, you can organize it? No, he said do. So it's a simple object lesson. 16, most assuredly I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. Look at verse 17. If you know these things, and, and ladies and gentlemen, church, Christians, now you know it. You're accountable for that which you know. Hey guys, make room for them if you guys can. They can come in. We can get extra chairs if needed. Notice he says, if you know these things, and now you know, blessed are you if you do them. Now who here wants the Lord to bless them? Oh, Lord, bless me, right? Yeah, we all want a blessing. And sometimes we think, oh, Lord, bless me. Help me to get a pay raise. Help me to get this. Help me to buy a bigger house. Help me to get a bigger car. Help me to... And we think it's like a material thing. That can happen, but God's caring more for the heart, the internal, than the external. Any of you guys know that? Raise your hand if you know that. God cares more for the internal, right? Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. First Samuel teaches us that. So he says the blessing is not just in knowing, and now you know. You're accountable for that, which you know. The blessing comes if you do. We're going to do some of that today. I'm not going to get this uh, in more depth and detail. But turn, if you would, to Philippians 2, or you can just listen in. If you're in John or Romans, you could make a right turn. Go to Philippians chapter 2. We talked about this before. How did Jesus think and act? What did he do? So it's not what would Jesus do, what did Jesus do, amen? That's more biblical. So here's Philippians 2, verse 5. We know from Romans 12, and this is the book that we're going through, to not think so highly of ourselves. We, we need to renew our minds. We need him to do it. It's a passive activity. He does it. He's waiting for you to surrender. He's waiting. I don't, I'll confess my own self. He's waiting for me to surrender. And in fact, who here knows that God's waiting for you to surrender? Not just body. We talked about that in Romans 12, verse 1, but mind, your thought life. Again, what's between here and here? Right? Point, do that again. Can you guys do that? <laughs> You'll remember this. Here's your problem. You could be like Eve and go like this and blame the devil. But a lot of times it's here, your thought life. You are your own undoing. And most of the time, you're like me, aren't you? You think too high of yourself, right? And so what does God want you to do? To renew your mind. 
to change your thought life. So who's the best example? Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 2, again in verse 5, check this out. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You and I need to think like Jesus. Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. So Jesus is God in the heavenlies. He left heaven, was birthed into this earth. We celebrate that at Christmas time. The word became flesh, John 1, verse 14, and dwelt or tabernacled, lived amongst us. We beheld his glory. The glory was no longer in a physical temple, but now in the temple of a human body, we called his name Yeshua, the Messiah. Verse 7, Philippians 2, verse 7, made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. So listen, Jesus humbled himself and came to this planet, the first coming of Jesus Christ. He became a human being. Not a big rock star uh, birthed into us, Million dollar family. He was with poor folks. Poor family. No place for them in the inn, right? So he's born out in the wilderness. As a baby, put in a, a manger, an animal's feeding trough. Who here's got a dog or a cat or an animal at home? Okay. If you got a dog, it's like a dog bowl, a feeding bowl. Would you ever put a newborn baby into that? Like, no way. So that lets you know the sanitary environment that he was birthed into. This is your Jesus, God incarnate in the flesh. So he humbled himself, became a man like that, lived in obscurity for 30 years, patiently waiting. Why? Numbers 4 shows that a, a priest at the age of 30, that man at 30 could now start his earthly or priestly ministry. So Jesus waited, like Luke recorded, he was baptized at what age? 30, fulfilling Torah's righteous requirements. And so for three years, then he did his earthly ministry. That's your Jesus. And as we read about in John 13, which we'll partake of by example, following that example, he humbled himself, became a man, and before, like hours before going to a cross, he humbled himself even further by taking on the role of the lowest slave of the household, the one that would welcome you, greet you at the door, remove your shoes, and wash your feet. And can we say it again, just like how practical reality is, dirty, stinky feet. That's my Jesus? Even the feet of Judas Iscariot? Now who here would wash the feet of Judas Iscariot nicely? No hands? Because <laughs> why? Because we don't have that kind of love. <laughs> who here would probably harshly handle his feet? <laughs> or not want to touch his feet even? But that's because we don't have the agape love from the Father through Christ Jesus. This is what we need to pray for, right? So that's what Jesus did. So he humbled himself further. He washed the feet of his disciples. He said he did it as an example. And he says, blessed are if you, what? Do this. This is what we want to do. We want to follow that example. He even, Philippians 2 verse 8, humbled himself even further by going to a cross. That's our example. He went to a cross to die for your sins, and we believe the sins of the world. And this is what we want to follow. So at this time, we're going to go ahead and close this part of the service. Uh, and after I'm done praying, guys, 
we can stop the live stream, stop the recording, and we're going to have just a, a foot washing time here. I'll start by washing the, the feet of my wife. <laughs> Yay. Oh, you guys are so cute. <laughs> it's like a chick flick. <laughs> Smile the whole time. Oh, boy. And then after that, we'll just open it up. Maybe God brought you guys in because he wants husbands and wives to do that or families uh, or the ladies to wash each other's feet or the men to wash each other's feet. So again, women will use the pink bucket. The men will use the blue bucket. We've got tons of red towels for the ladies, tons of blue towels for the fellas. You can watch. You can partake. We've got folks that will ferry warm water with the purple buckets back and forth. So the the waters that's here will never touch feet. We got these uh, white, what do you call them, receptacles to pour the warm water on the feet. We got tons of towels, tons of servants to help. We're going to do that here now. So let's all, can we stand if you're able to? We're going to close with a word of prayer. And we're going to just partake of this. Thank you again for you guys who have been praying that God would grill my heart because he has been. <laughs> And so let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for today. Oh, Father, we thank you for the example of Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior, our Lord, our great high priest, who created everything as you show us in Hebrews 1, Colossians 1, John 1, and then humbled himself, became a man, humbled himself even further by washing feet, humbled himself still yet further and dying on a cross for the world's sins. And you tell us to do this as an example. Oh, Lord, we know that our flesh pulls at us. We Right now, God, I know that the, my brothers and sisters here are probably like me, going in their heads, going through all these excuses, all these reasons why we can't. But, Lord, you want us to follow you. So, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, can you please empower us by your Spirit that we can be followers of Jesus, not just read it in the text. You say, blessed are you if you know, but... Do, Lord, if you do these things. We know these things. We're blessed if we do them. But we ask for your empowerment, Lord. We ask for your spirit to reign supreme here through us, to point us to Christ and his example. We pray for your protection during this time. Lord, we pray for the many servants that will be helping and facilitating this moment. And Lord, we pray for those that are maybe wanting to partake to wash someone's feet here that are thinking about that, Lord. We pray that you would give them the boldness, the faith, the courage, that we can embrace one another as a loving family, that we could help and encourage each other to simply follow you, Lord, in your ways. But please empower us, for we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.